Attention, the movie guys love movies. Any jokes made about Mayor of Toronto Rob Ford are purely out of obligation to the internet and the comedy universe. Oh, and the last thing was um, Olivia Gondak. It, it says that I wanted to eat her pussy, Olivia Gondak. I've never said that in my life to her. I would never do that. I'm happily married. I've got more than enough to eat at home. Thank you very much. anything that was true? No press I am literally choking on that. I didn't know he used the word pussy. Yeah, you just said pussy. <laughs> that you didn't have you not heard. I have that? not. I know. I knew the. No, I knew the conference happened. I didn't know he actually used the word. Yeah. Pussy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you gonna be okay? I know we're a movie well, show. But choking on pussy. The comedy literally. world. The comedy world is talking about Rob Ford. We got to lead with something, Rob. He's Ford. amazing. Seriously. He offers so many things that you don't even have to write. You just play what he says. It is the best Chris Farley impersonation out there. Yeah. <laughs> it is the holidays. Mm-hmm. He is the gift that will no doubt keep on giving. Keep on giving. Something. Did he throw the microphone down and walk away after <laughs> that? Thank you. Good night. I've got enough to eat at home. There was Boom. a guy, one of the guys, the reporter said, "You wait. Do you do you just say that? You even can't, what? Can't. You can't say." As he walked away. You know what I love about that clip is that it doesn't feel telegraphed. Usually, you can feel that yeah. coming. You can. Right. No, that guy's got a great snarky uh, little comment coming. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I didn't well, see. Honey, he has plenty to eat at home, so <laughs> it's not snarky. It's just truth. He's eating a lot. Uh, tell that guy. Yeah. And it's fine. Canada. They're like notorious for being like the friendliest, well, nicest. Oh I mean, it's and he's out wacky mayoring everything in America. He's out. I thought you were going to say it's Canada. They're notorious for eating pussy. Yeah. Well, pussy is like fag. It's like cigarette, right? That's a different word. <laughs> There's oh, a different oh, word in that. It's like an elk, elk leg or something. Exactly. Yeah, he's talking around. about beef jerky. All right. Well. That's how you start a show. Welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire, and screws fall out all the time. The world's in a perfect place. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from the Admirals Club, lodged in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. And if you could hear anything he just said, then we're <laughs> surprised. Catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Search The Movie Showcast or The Movie Guys and we come right up. And don't forget, we are also available on Radio at WBAD.net, Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern. And as always, please subscribe where possible. Tell your friends, share and like posts and videos and all that stuff at The Movie Guys on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you find us. My name is Paul Preston. I am your host... Here, as ever, with Lee Caius, Adam Witt, and Karen Volpe. Very shortly, we will be joined by TV and film actor Joel Murray. Very, yes. very excited about that. Super get. Wait, way to go, Paul. Big get. I know. We tied a little thing to his leg so he can't get away. I know. <laughs> He's, He's out in the driveway the right now. Trying. Yes. <laughs> and as ever, we are your weekly place to go for the extensive previews of what's coming up in theaters where we offer our signature take. This is how people know what to go see. All right. We're here to help. Us. <laughs> Coming up this week, more adventures set in what's being called a dystopian future. Mm. Clearly a description written by someone who loves waving around the word dystopian. Mm. And who doesn't? The Hunger Games catching fire. And just in time for Thanksgiving, a movie that asks, what do you get when you cross Vince Vaughn with 533 turkey basters? David Wozniak, in 1994, you donated to a fertility clinic anonymously. Apparently there was a mix-up at the clinic. What? You were the biological father of 533 children. What? Did you notice he's doing that thing that, like, Paris Hilton and all those people That guy's got vocal fry? He's totally got vocal fry. That actor I've seen in other things. He is always a kind of an affected role. (laughs) He's in a Hal Hartley movies. Oh, yeah? Is Is he, like, a guy in charge guy? He's in Hal Hartley? He's in a couple Hal Hartley movies, yeah. 
He's got always got some weird affectation to his role. He's very funny. He's got a great action. scar in his face too, yeah. like a hook, like he'd been hooked by a a yes. bass angler or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's you been never know. fly I wanna know, fishing. I want to know how you angled. get five hundred thirty-three donation. How do you end up? I mean, that, you, that's a mistake you on the. Probably just ejaculate once, right? I'm. I don't know a lot about on his bills. the ejaculation thing. I've only ejaculated once. Do you just once. do it once and then a whole bunch of spermie come out and then you just. No movie has uh, brought up this much talk about masturbation. I mean, this thing, this thing's all about. (laughs) Well, obviously, didn't have sex with all those women. No, but that's a problem. That's the fault of the donation center. That's not his fault. No, I don't think they're blaming him. Oh, that sounds a little blamey. Play the clip again, Ball. Sounds (laughs) a little blamey. I I don't think think it's a guy's tone of voice. (laughs) If he had impregnated 533 women and it wasn't through a fertility clinic, that is not a good guy that you were ever going to get on your side. But that's a movie I want to see. That's the movie I do want That's to see. That's a porno. That's or a totally different a, kind of movie. Sex with 533 women. All right. Well, our first movie, maybe we'll learn more about yes. Delivery Men later, is uh, another film that did what all films should do. Cast Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. It's The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Adam? I'm excited to preview now. For those of you that have been serving time in prisons that don't allow dystopian young adult fiction... The Hunger Games was the movie that sounded like an exciting America's Next Top Model emaciation playoff round. It was based on the book series that lives out America's desire to watch hot young Hollywood stars kill each other for sport. Now the movie based on the book that spawned a sequel has spawned a sequel. (laughs) In the follow-up, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Katniss Everdeen and Pete Mellark Slab bulkhead. Bridge large meats. Punt speed chunk. Butch deadlift. Those are great names. Become targets of the capital after their victory in the 74th Hunger Games sparks a rebellion in the districts of Panem. Now, I don't know what that means, but it sounds pretty bad. <laughs> it's confusing. Katniss returns home to District 12 because, you know, District 9 is full of those people. <laughs> and like the Red Wings displaying the Stanley Cup around Detroit, Katniss tours a desolate wasteland trying to bring hope to its depressed inhabitants. <laughs> This particular Hunger Games pits all the victors of the previous 25 Hunger Games against one another in an all-star fight to the death, kind of like the NFL Pro Bowl. But unlike the Pro Bowl, this game will be watched by millions of people. (laughs) Katniss becomes the vision of hope that the population needs as a rebellion begins to percolate. Realizing that the threat of her victory, the threat that her victory is sparking, the heavy-handed rulers of Panem hatch a plan to make sure that Katniss doesn't survive this round of games. Will she survive? For those of you who haven't read the third book in the series, who knows? <laughs> that would be me. I have no idea. <laughs> well, there's a third book. So this, is, this is based on a book? <laughs> it's a movie. It's a Three movie, books. It's a movie, isn't it? <laughs> director of Seabiscuit, Gary Ross, has been replaced by Francis Lawrence, director of I Am Legend. Gee, now, which of these two is more fitting to present a violent, danger-filled future from hell? Depends on how seriously you take horse racing during the Depression, I guess. Like the world we live in, the world of Panem and Hunger Games has fallen in love with Jennifer Lawrence, or Jay Larry, as the media has taken to calling her. Maybe it was the way she fought for the little people and refused to compromise her values. Or maybe it was that cute interview with Jeff Bridges at Comic-Con. While the Hunger Games books are set in a post-apocalyptic North America, many of the film's characters have distinctively Victorian-sounding names. Not since the King's Speech have we had so many names worthy of being introduced in the Royal Palace. Try it, it's fun. Here we go. On behalf of Her Royal Majesty, we would like to welcome the following visitors. Gail Hawthorne. Hey, Mitch Abernathy. 
Primrose Everdeen. Iffy Trinket. Plutarch Heavensby. Finnick O'Dare. Claudius Templesmith. Capital Citizen Uncredited. <laughs> well, even the small parts sound good with a British accent. There you go. I don't know what's more surprising, that you can make a movie about kids killing each other in the wake of a school shooting, or the fact that every movie that come out in the last ten years has been in the wake of a school shooting. The only downside to this movie is, now that it's out, that means Seltzer and Freebird can make a parody of it. But that's every movie. There you go. The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Which is that a Shirley Bassey song yeah. before. That would be really cool. It Hunger should have Games. like one of those 007 songs. Yeah. You know, I heard that uh, Katniss Everdeen went under a very uh, strict regimen to neither gain nor lose weight for this role. <laughs> very, very brave actress. Yeah, yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. I very, like her a very lot. Physical, she's nothing if not stable. Yeah, I sir. thought she was absolutely. I fell in love with her when she uh, got hit on by Jack Nicholson and thought it was adorable. I thought what? it's funny when old men hit on young oh chicks. Oh my right? god, she was so cool about it. She's like, I think you just hit on me because that would be the coolest thing to have Jack Nicholson hit. on I met you. Jack Nicholson once, and did I he thought, hit on you? I thought he hit on me. Yes, I thought he did. <laughs> that's just how he says a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's awesome. So when he grabs your ass, that's that's it's not totally, flirting. I'd be all yeah, for okay. it. Yeah, that's the mailman cool. thinks he's flirting with him. <laughs> People at the bank think he's you know he's just the guy he is. No, and then when she fell down and she laughed and she wasn't all uptight, she's awesome. Oh, yeah, she's definitely like the regular, just the regular gal, right? I thought that was she interesting. Fucked it... off the streets of Toronto or something? Yeah, the Oscars were interesting because... <laughs> A Toronto again. <laughs> Damn. Last year was uh, wins for Jennifer Lawrence and for Anne Hathaway. So, but who then becomes, oh, right. you know, America's sweetheart? Which one was yes. it? Is it Jennifer Lawrence because she won Best Actress? Uh, one of them aw shuckses everything, and the other pretends to aw shucks everything. And I think people saw right through the. Oh, I think Anne Hathaway's a pretend. Anne Hathaway. Anne, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of pretend aw shucks going on but there, I think. I think. I'm a traditionalist. No one has yet to dethrone Meg Ryan. Oh, there is. Oh, as, Amer- as America's America sweetheart. America's sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like 52? No? I don't know. She's gone away. Doesn't matter. Which is timeless. Nice. She's you're on the bill. You're timeless. That's right. She's disappeared. She's I don't have to look at your Joker face anymore. You're. you're... Well, I thought she was America's sweetheart she two is. seconds ago. <laughs> she is. Based, what common is that then? Based on the last time I saw her. She's fabulous. Oh, my she's God. always got to be the girl from When Harry Met oh. Sally if you're going to make that. That's what I said. Based yeah. on When Harry Met yeah. Sally, she's America's sweetheart. Oh my well, then God. Diane Keaton's America's sweetheart still from she, Annie she, Hall. She, she was not so in America Julia preserving Roberts. the shit Wait, in stone. Who starred in that movie called America's Sweetheart? Reese <laughs> <laughs> Witherspoon. Julia oh. Roberts. So she wins. And Catherine zeta <laughs> She trumps you all. That's a shortcut to America's sweetheart. You don't get to make a movie named yeah. after America's sweetheart. And then be, you know you don't get to call she, yourself America's sweetheart. Yeah, just people to make the what, that really awful boy band. They had that song like "We're Super Great." What was it? Oh, One yeah. Direction. Best song ever. Best song ever. Best song ever. Same difference. Yeah, they get I think the... that was America's Sweatheart, right? <laughs> that was the, the boy band. I swear to God. Sweatheart? Should we follow tr- their lead? Though? I have trouble with that. <laughs> if I write, um, I like if I'm signing an autograph or something, I won't be like you're sweet because I always fuck it up. I say sweat. I get the e and the a messed up. I have a funny story about that. I really, I do. I met. Um, um, I never write a sweetheart to you because I'll fucking it. Miss USA of like, I don't know, late eighties. Is she know, dead that, to you at this point? She's dead to USA or Miss America. That damn moose face. Tell which, her. Tell us about her. Which is the less lesser one? USA. Yeah, Miss oh USA. So that's who I met. So I met her at like the the Revco Marathon convention in Cleveland, right? Yes. And they were having this this uh, big uh, to do where all these pseudo celebrities, Miss America, Miss USA. Yeah. Mary Lou Retton. It's the second oh, time. It was the second time. I, yes, the second time I met Muhammad Ali. Was at this event, uh, Corey Everson, who used to be Miss Olympia, yes, in this in this uh, Miss USA. So anyway, you were able to get your pictures uh, personalized, so you could go up and ask them to to autograph your picture. Right, and I yeah. said, uh, "Could you make it out to Lee?" 
Uh, thanks for the, the the quiche was great last night. Thanks for the memories. No one knows how to spell quiche, you she, dumb ass. Precisely. So she writes, "Thanks for the quickie last night." <laughs> nice. And I take it to my buddy Paul, and I'm like, I'm like, "Paul, look, it says thanks for the quickie." Oh, Did you plan that? Did no. You know she would, uh... I, just, I just want to say thanks for the quiche last night was wonderful. Or, thanks for the now quickie. it's your line with every book site. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for the quiche, Mr. Nicholson. You design my book. <laughs> Please. Brilliant. Oh my god, that happened. Brilliant. Yeah, it was the, that day I met uh, Muhammad Ali for the second time. Got his shaving cream. Oh, you told me about that. Well, yeah, I told yeah. you about the pre- previously I'd gotten his cologne and I got a shaving cream, Corey Everson, Mary Lou Redmond. He had a line of shaving cream? <laughs> or did you go into his toiletries? What if happened? If you want, I can oh, tell you this. personally stole this cream. That's what I, I think happened. He was the greatest. I could tell you I the story about how I first met him and he was giving out cologne at a local mall in uh, the greater Cleveland area. Signature cologne? Like a Muhammad Ali It was called cologne? Ali cologne. Yeah. And, and we were in line. I'll be very quick about this. We were in line for like two hours and the mall was closing and all of a sudden we hear this announcement ladies and gentlemen please find your way to the exit Exit Higby's Higby's is closing for the evening and we were like 10 or 15 people away from the champ and the line had kind of snaked around so we were folded in so we were we were directly in front of him, but still twenty people away from him. And I yell, and I had nothing. I had no idea of his history in Don King. I wasn't a fight fan then, so I just yell, "Hey, champ! Don King sent me." And the whole place goes quiet. And he stops, and he stands up, and he goes, hmm, hmm, "Who said that?" Oh my god! Oh my god! And people are just frightened. And I point to my buddy Paul. I'm like, Paul said it. He's like, hmm, get on up here, get on up here. So we go up and we get our autographs and our picture taken and we get and we get our cologne, right? Six months later, my phone rings and my buddy Paul's like, hey, guess who's going to be down at Cleveland? Muhammad Ali. So we had learned our lesson. We're going to go early. We're going to get in first in line. We get there like 6 a.m. We get first in line and they come out, ladies and gentlemen, champ's not feeling too well today, so we don't have uh, a lot of time with him. Uh, we're not going to be able to get to anybody, or very many people. Paul and I don't care. Why? One and two, right in the line. We get in line, and there's like this conveyor belt of stand here, don't say anything, take this, move down yeah. here. So we go through this procession, and at the end of the procession, they hand me something, and I notice it's a can of Muhammad Ali shaving cream. <laughs> and it literally says, don't sting like a bee, and it's his face. <laughs> it's his face. He doesn't like, shave anymore, does he? No, but he it's, his, it's his face with like shaving cream on it, so he looks like Santa Claus, right? <laughs> so I'm getting pushed through the assembly line, and he is out of it. The poor guy is just twitching to sign things and and don't talk to the champ. So I get the can of shaving cream, and I realize, and I turn around and go, Hey, champ, first your cologne, now your shaving cream. I'm going to be as pretty as you. He's like, "Mm, mm, get on over here. (laughs) Now I I got another picture of me and Muhammad Ali. I love that. That's my story. I love that he always kind of (laughs) groans. He's like a caveman. Get on over here. Awesome. So what were we Hunger talking Games. about? Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Hunger Games looks like a good, a good movie. Next, movie. next. All right, <laughs> what are we on? moving on to? Wait. Uh, well, you know, if this really is the reality TV of the future, then naturally there will be a tie-in at some point to celebrity involvement, right? Certainly. These, these sure. Hunger Games. And what better way to do that than to have them engage in friendly competition Ooh. as we bring you another exciting episode of Hunger Games of the Network Stars. <laughs> Welcome to the 75th Annual Hunger Games of the Network Stars. I'm That's Incredible host, John Davidson. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of incredible things here today as we bring you a full day of exciting events, all of which will be tackled by some of the brightest stars of Tinseltown. We're going to see some cycling through a pack of rabid wolves, three-on-three football with a hand grenade, the basketball dunk from 65 feet, and tennis. (laughs) 
Team captains Lorenzo Lamas, Dick Van Patten, and Sherman Helmsley are expecting big things from their teams to see who will make it to the big tug of war tomorrow night. For our first event, let's sing things over to my co-host, Fran Tarkenton. Thanks, John, and things are heating up here at the Crocodile Pond Kayak Race. As we all know, Greg Evigan is your front runner at the moment, expected to win, and of course, oh, and here they go. Lyle Wagner has taken an early lead, easily leaving Charlene Tilton in his dust. Oh, uh, the unknown comics kayak has capsized. A crocodile is grabbing him. He's eating the bag off the unknown comic's head. And now the crocodile is eating the head of Murray Langston. Oh, and he looked so noble at the gala entry parade. Had a special bag on fire and everything. Well, his absence has made room for a run from Fred Rerun Barry, and we'll have more on that later. All right, thanks, Fran. We should check in with Kathy Lee Crosby and see how things are going with the three-legged race for contestants who have lost a leg. Well, John, all eyes are on Catherine Bach, who qualified for the three-legged race for contestants who have lost a leg after she won last year's 5K Lava Run, an event that saw the early demise of Todd Bridges. Oh, well, you know, the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. True, John. What might be right for you might not be right for some. And clearly long-distance running running through molten rock expelled by a volcano was not right for Todd Bridges. But halfway through the contest, Larry Wilcox is gaining, gaining ground on Catherine Bach. A win here would finally get him to shake the moniker of the other guy on chips. <laughs> Oh, we have some unexpected action here. You know how President Snow likes to order up the unexpected. It seems he's unleashing a horde of archers on the unsuspecting contestants. Yes, arrows are flying. Valerie Bertinelli is doing her best to avoid... Oh! Well, it seems Kathy Lee Crosby has taken a nasty arrow through the head. Which is normally hilarious for Steve Martin. Fran, it's a rather gruesome scene, and we're going to have to send Sarah Purcell down there to finish the play-by-play. We'll have more on the three-legged race later, but first, a quick update from the ongoing game of Landmine Volleyball. CBS thought they had a ringer in the tall Jimmy Walker, who always spiked the ball with his signature catchphrase until this happened. Dynamite! (laughs) But there are more events going on, and let's go to Skip Stevenson for the latest. Skip? Just a few updates. Pat Harrington has been eliminated from the outdoor bowling match when the Capitol released a pack of Panthers on the competitors. He stopped to tell a joke, which never goes well. We have a clip. How about uh, uh, a guy meets a guy in the streets. He sees a fellow in the street and he says, pardon me, sir. He says, have you seen a cop? The guy says, no. The fellow says, stick him up. And Tony Randall is your Sniper Tower obstacle course champion after climbing the rope ladders and dodging bullets successfully, which is more than I can say for Barbara Mandrell, who is no longer with us. Oh, what a shame, since Mandrell entered the games to represent District 12 when she volunteered to replace her sister, Erlene, whose name originally came up in the lottery. Elsewhere in the games, John Ritter, the odds-on favorite to win the log rolling competition, did not win when he slid off the log into the poisonous acid water below. But true to form, For Ritter, everybody said it was hilarious. But everyone's excited for the big Simon Says to the Death game, which is starting up right now, and we want to take you there. Okay, Simon Says put a single bullet in the chamber. Simon Says spin the barrel. Simon Says point it at the person next to you. Fire! I didn't say Simon Says, Joyce DeWitt, you are out. And obviously Henry Winkler, since you shot him. Okay, (laughs) Simon says, pick up that knife, fight. Simon didn't say, Yathers, you out, Haggerty out, Landisburg out. Okay, now, Simon says, fight. 
<laughs> so it looks like that's all the Olivia Dabo we're going to get then. Back to you, John. <laughs> Thanks, Skip. And uh, that just about wraps up things here. We're going to score up the totals and see which network literally lives to see another day. Stay tuned for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with more of the movie guys and special guest Joel Murray. Hey. calls a tape of seven different songs and funny recordings for answering machines. I am very sorry that I'm not able to take your call. Leave I'll be $14.95. When I will get right back to you. Leave your, Leave your message at the top. Give someone the gift of gab for their answering machine. Calling a friend. What you've actually done is bought a one-way ticket to the answering machine zone. Nobody's home. I, I think it's we need Nobody's to clarify. Home. We didn't write this awfulness. We wrote You're our going own going to a commercial in 1979. This is a real horrible commercial. <laughs> The answering machine of seven different songs and funny recordings for only fourteen ninety five. Fourteen ninety five. My favorite. To order. Call one eight hundred three five one fifty two hundred. Call one eight hundred three five one fifty two hundred. And we are back with our special guest. He is a film and TV actor, and like many guests we've had on the show, a famed Second City alumni. Yep. Uh, he started movies as varied as One Crazy Summer and God Bless America, and he is Fred Rumson on Mad Men. Joel Murray is hey, with us, Mr. everybody. Murray. We Welcome to, to that last yourself. <laughs> well, the one, yeah, it's all right. One Crazy Summer and God Bless America are very similar, actually. When we were watching, uh, I, I, I watched um, God Bless America, and that was awesome. And then Paul said, have you ever seen One Crazy Summer? Because I love Better Off Dead. I had never seen One Crazy Summer. What? I, I know. loved that movie. Karen is like... The dumbest... I am a huge John Cusack fan. you take 1986 fan. off? I, I mean, know. How did you miss it? <laughs> and it's right up my alley. It's my kind of movie. And it was Eddie. called One Crazy Summer, and it came out like August 15th. Oh, great, great marketing. <laughs> that, was, that was great marketing, I thought. That's how insane it was. The yeah. summer starts August 15th. The director of that movie, Savage Steve Holland... Steve Holland. Yeah, oh, he's great. He was on a roll. He he had like uh, three uh, kind of legendary teen comedies like in a row there. But was he then, better off dead? Yeah, yeah. Uh, better off dead. Great in that, movie. And oh, how I, uh, got, how into I got, into college. Oh, got into college. Yeah, and he was like twenty five when we did one crazy Shut summer, up. and the the whole first week was you know um, we're gonna fly you guys over to the island and we're gonna have a lobster <laughs> boil and. Uh, just kind of want you to become friends, if that's cool with you guys. <laughs> yeah, Steve, yeah. Uh, no work here, anything? Just, okay, all right, I'll bring beer. Uh, but it was it was really just the best time ever. It was the first thing I ever auditioned for. And, uh, oh, cool. Oh, wow. I, I got the part over Jeremy Piven, who was actually John, oh, wow. John Cusack's best friend. Yeah, yeah uh, good for you. So I thought, yeah, this is going to happen, right. And uh, next thing you know, you went for the final audition in Hyannisport, and I stayed there for two and a half months. So... I just, just yeah, never left. I'll buy some underwear. Just uh, <laughs> partying with the cast. Yeah, it was now, really did you come right from Chicago to that audition, or were you yeah. uh, in LA? No? Yeah, I, I actually went to the counter and got my first class ticket to Hyannis, uh, to Boston, and then Hyannis. And uh, Piven was there and had no ID. And uh, oh. Burn Piven, his father, oh, yes. his actor was there. And uh, you don't understand, I'm Burn Piven, <laughs> and this is my son. But of course, it's his ticket, and no identification is needed. But that, that's how things were. In yeah, before 9/11, yeah. you could do that. When they actually handed you a ticket, yeah. you remember going yeah. to the counter and doing the whole yeah. get a yeah, ticket. Yeah, now yeah. you're lucky if they even like put the luggage on the. 
belt for you instead of making you take it over to the other thing and wait another line to drop off your luggage? Right, right, right. Well, I definitely want to talk about uh, more of your films later. You mean you don't want to flight. keep talking about the airport? <laughs> and, you know, uh, how, tangent, right? That's our thing. Yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, but we've got another fact. film we want to cover, our, and our next one is about a father of 533 <laughs> children, yet they're not calling it the Wilt Chamberlain story. It's called <laughs> Delivery Man, Karen. Every sperm is sacred. Every sperm is great. Ah, uh, yes. Who remembers that? Not me. Oh, yeah. With Delivery Man set to open this Friday, it's time to play What Life Lesson Will Vince Vaughn Learn This Month? Affable Magazine's Man of the Year, Vince Vaughn, once again plays a 40-year-old loser whose life is in shambles. This is never a charming situation when it's me just, you know, waking up on a day, but somehow (laughs) always charming when it's Vince Vaughn. When it's Vince Vaughn, the situation makes a good start to a movie. When it's me, it makes for a good talking to by my mom. Vince Vaughn plays David Wozniak, who works for his dad, in debt to the mob, rejected by a pregnant girlfriend, and hounded by Nancy Grace. I would have to assume. He receives word that he's responsible for 533 children from sperm donations. Talk about a delivery man who's been dropping loads. Boom! Oh, dropping fucking loads all your fucking glasses. <laughs> I mean, he is working hard like a Domino's pizza. This delivery man comes in under 30 minutes. Sing! 1990s pop culture reference. Not since there's something about Mary as a movie so boldly conjured an image of a leading man masturbating so much. Pow! Well, how the hell did you get the beans above the frag? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Most fertility clinics track the personality traits of their sperm donors and their occupations. So, what made all 533 women reach for a bottle of friendly neighborhood slacker? (laughs) On top of that, he's being sued by 142 of his sons and daughters who want to find out the identity of their father. Because how could a guy who's so hard up for money that he donates gallons of sperm not be a catch? If David is naturally lazy, then clearly the motivation these kids had to file a lawsuit didn't come from his side of the family. Wozniak embarks on a journey to meet his children and goes undercover father to help each of them with crucial struggles in their lives. Luckily, Vince Vaughn is as charming as ever because no matter how many things I had on my agenda for the day, trusting a 40-year-old complete stranger I just met to pitch in and help me, that seems like a stretch. This film is a remake of a 2011 film by the same writer and director. So it's not based on a book. Does that even make it a real movie, Lee, does it? (laughs) No, it does not, Paul. (laughs) And since this isn't an X-Men movie, there's no way the movie will try to cover 142 characters. (laughs) So we assume he'll pass up on opportunities to help the inevitable sociopath, narcissist, and serial killer that his sperm is bound to have produced statistically. There you go. That's delivery. That's delivery. Can't wait. (laughs) Once again... We have dedicated the exact amount of appropriate time for our movie. Hey, yeah, that's as much as Delivery Man should get. We're here to inform. Yeah, Educate. Vaughn's coming off a couple of uh, so-so movies: The Watch and The Internship. The, intern. the Internship. Oh. The Internship. Internship. It was was was. Someone told me that was good. Really, I yeah, can get where I that comes from. It's not, but it's but it, man, it has some kind of easy charm about it. Not a lot of laughs, but an easy charm. Well, I don't know if maybe it's a romance in the end Vaughn. or what. Well, the one thing I could see about it because of The Watch, as I said, is. I mean, you can't depend on anyone uh, more than, I mean, you're, you're, there's no one better than Vince Vaughn to sell the shit out of even a shitty line or whatever. I think the the watch, like, that cast sold the hell out of that, so, and I, I've heard just heard he sells it in uh, in the internship. I haven't seen it, though. They sold it a lot harder than the guys in the Grown Ups movies. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys That's don't. True. It's just me. <laughs> Not yeah. selling it It was it also hard. coming off Lay the Favorite, which didn't do so well. 
Lay the favorite. Who's in that? I don't know, but I've been waiting by the mailbox. And <laughs> nothing, nothing. No nothing mailbox yet? money yet. No. Uh. For the record, yeah, we're poking around Joel's IMDb, <laughs> and, and I saw this Lay the Favorite. It's a Bruce Willis movie that kind of what? fell under the under the radar. Yeah. It's Bruce Willis and Vince Vaughn, or did he direct it? Did you say Vince Vaughn directed it? No. Oh, okay. No, it's uh, Stephen, Stephen Frears. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Legendary Stephen Frears. Heard yeah. this movie. Oh, wow. Written by uh, D.V. DeSantis, uh, old friend of John Cusack. Oh. From back in one crazy summer day. Oh my gosh, full <laughs> circle. Piven guy can't catch a break. I'll go back to Chicago. Yeah. All of his other friends are making money. <laughs> no, but that film opens up with Joel and, a, and Rebecca Hall doing a like a fancy strip tease. Yeah, she's her all underwear. upside down. But, oh my, I had a thing for Rebecca Hall, yeah. so I enjoyed that she's scene. She's really nice and, and really cute. And, oh, that's uh, what I meant to say. Likeable. She's very nice. But, uh, they flew me to <laughs> that's New what I heard, They Paul. flew me across country for a lap dance. And, uh, like, <laughs> nobody in New Orleans could get a lap dance. They couldn't <laughs> yeah, find a guy. They, I watched that little bit of that scene. I have to tell you, for a guy who's getting a lap dance from a crazy hot chick, you're very charming about it. You're very well, lovely I, about you know, it. You want to be polite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joel, you know Gentlemen. the secret, right? To lap dances? No. Oh. Eye contact. Oh. <laughs> well, right, but then right, how can right. you see anything? I get too nervous to look anywhere else. Well, they, you make eye contact, they start rubbing. Oh. If, you, oh. if, if you start objectifying them, then they're like, they're, they're just for show. You're like typical. Yeah, but you lock on right here. Boom. You want to be that special guy. You know what the key is to lap dances? <laughs> yes. $30? No, I'm too cheap. Just don't even. Why, why bother? It's, you know, <laughs> how much do you pay for the dick tease? I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Not It's not for me. But, you know, the great thing is your lap dance was by a super hot woman who probably doesn't have and any diseases. And I got paid for it. you got paid. It. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think you're a winner. And I was drinking real margaritas. Were you so, really? I yeah. saw that you gave her one. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. You got paid for a lap dance. That's yeah. a rarity. And for flown a, across country. For a male. Yeah. It's because exactly. I had eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to watch the rest of the thing because I, I mean yeah, Willis Vaughn I, that's a good cast I'd watch that and Stephen Freer has directed one of the greatest movies of the last 10 years in The Queen that movie is absolutely fantastic wait, wait the same guy directed The Queen I know All right, wow. now no, I'm no, but this guy also directed The Grifters oh, yeah. you know with everybody's favorite John Cusack right? I love and, the John uh, Cusack yeah, yeah. and uh, he, he, the guy's styles are all over the place so he's but he's good at all did of them did Piven get a part in The Grifters probably not also locked probably out of that had a part in that bit. <laughs> good thing that he had his TV show lately right? I'd feel really bad for him I was going to say when's that guy going to get a major yeah. TV show except for the one he was just in exactly so Delivery Man I mean he went with the Wozniak name is it just Isn't that I thought that was kind of weird right yeah that, to make it seem brighter I don't know I make it I don't know because I know Kathy Griffin was sort of dating Wozniak and uh, I, I just couldn't imagine having sex with him at all ever why I can't imagine you mean the Wozniak Kathy from Griffin. Apple from Apple yeah. Oh, yeah that name why would you use that name it seems kind of yeah yeah identified. I've only heard that name one place and it's one place. the Wozniak yeah. well right? the other option yeah. was Roger Starbuck so, <laughs> something really generic like that. Yeah. You know, that's the name of the original film. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. was, it's called Starbuck. <laughs> Starbuck. Not oh, Starbuck. Starbuck. Yeah, Starbuck. Yeah. So, Starbuck. Not as popular a coffee chain. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, just right. as many. Well, happy uh, offsprings. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Going somewhere with that. Oh, we'll be right back. Well, yeah, that's right. We'll so start before, doing this. So before you were talking about. The ins and outs of sperm donation. I was just theorizing. Yes. yes. So because that's something. To, to, <laughs> the can ins they, and outs. Mostly outs. <laughs> with that, can a can a place hang on to like five hundred and thirty three sperms for lack of a I better word? I like how you're pretending you don't know. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I, what I've never donated. Have I you ever you done it? Let's no, on no, the table. No, just no. first. Supposedly you can do it for money if you're hard up in movies, but I don't know anybody, anybody actually has. has. I should oh, be a millionaire by now. Yeah. So do they? Get rid of them all like that? How long can you hang on to them? Do you freeze them? I mean, Joel, we defer to you. 
You're I here. I have no freaking idea. I, I'm a pure plasma donor. Uh, <laughs> Pays better probably too, it, right? Yeah, eight bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I, I have no idea on that one. Oh. Sorry. All right. I didn't know if there was an expiration date on sperm or what. If they, well, you were lucky enough to get cast on One Crazy Summer in your prime sperm donation years, oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so. definitely yeah, you didn't the right time. But I was busy, so I, I didn't get to donate as much you as I would like to. Clam bake. What the hell are you talking about? It was a clam bake. You know, <laughs> just for a couple of years there, I was living on a clam bake. <laughs> there was more clam. Now the premise to this Does movie. What I think it means seems to be. Here's something you should not have, other than I've given it to you. Then don't look at it. There's that. There's that clip in the preview where he's like, "Here's an envelope. Whatever you do, don't look in the envelope oh. that I wouldn't. You wouldn't have otherwise. I gave the it the whole to movie you. won't With happen unless you do. But whatever you do, yeah. don't open that envelope unless you want the movie to occur." <laughs> <laughs> And he looks, and now we have to watch yeah. the damn movie. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but Vince Vaughn, he's one of those uh, plain old, gosh darn likable figures of the silver screen. Mm-hmm. To where his character in Delivery Man is described as affable. Now, we were wondering if it just comes natural or if he had some help. Then we found a commercial from the acting school that he credits with his performance style. Let's, uh, let's play that spot now and see how that goes. We've got to make a plan or all is lost. Ah, damn, I'm a terrible actor. Hey there, need some help? Yeah, I do. And why do I feel such a sense of implicit trust in telling you that? It's because I trained at Buddy Chum's Affable Acting School, (laughs) and now you can too. Have you ever wondered why you felt you just wanted to hang out with Paul Rudd, shoot the (laughs) shit with Jason Segel, or sit around the public park with Ryan Reynolds? It's because they're all graduates of the Affable Acting School. I used to be in such a hurry, worrying that I needed to take charge of a situation all the time. But after the class at the Affable Acting School, people started treating me like a real pal, just wanting to chill or have me move in with them. The Affable Acting School will help you to engender trust, like the great masters of on-screen companionship. Uh, I used to have a terrible habit of chewing scenery, but my first eight-week course, Intro to Lovable Mellowness, taught me to develop a complacent backstory that helped me blend in like wallpaper in almost any situation. Now when my character loses his job, he doesn't go into a funk. He finally writes that comic book that he, that's been bubbling up inside of him for all these years. Buddy Chum's Affable Acting School can take you from Mickey Rourke to John Krasinski in no time. But it's not just for guys. Women, too, can find a sociable coziness enjoyed by some of the silver screen's most urbane performers. I used to look at Emma Stone and Zoe Deschanel and thought that such home-cooked geniality was something that Hollywood had to manufacture by a computer. But now, thanks to Buddy Chum's, I found a charming pleasantness that could make Rachel McAdams seem like a total bitch. And it won't just help you in your acting. After our other classes like Beginning Copacetic Amicability, Introduction to Geniality, and Advanced Disarming Charm, you'll go from a type A to a type A. Life's too short. Why make your co-stars and friends respect you out of fear when you can make them think that you probably have a hot tub and know how to ski? The Affable Acting School also utilizes advanced techniques and costuming so that you'll find your character that's not sweating the small stuff and stay that way all day long. We've got to make a plan or all is lost! Here, try this hoodie, backwards baseball cap, and pair of Chuck Taylors and try it again. Hmm. Sure, we need a plan, but what is this, the end of the world? Let's grab some coffee and a muffin and think this through. (laughs) (laughs) Buddy Chum's Affable Acting School, but don't take my word on it. Just listen to our graduate, Joel Murray. Oh, sure, I could give you a glowing testimonial, but why don't you sit down and share half of this fantastic pizza I've found, and I'll give you some inside stories about Scrooged. 
<laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> Call today. You know, you're such a graduate. There was a twinkle in your eyes. You said I got that. A twitch. You had a little twitch. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Did you have a stroke, Joel? I don't have. Please don't. Do you see any live bugs on my find eyelashes? You quite affable. I think Joel's very affable. Oh well, you. We, have you ever been described as affable, yeah. Joel? I have been in, in reviews, even. Really? Yeah. Okay. How do you take that? Half affable. Uh, Half affable. How do I take that? I don't. It's better than some of the things I've been said. Do you hey. do you pay much attention to your reviews? Um, I used to try to not like notice them that, but working with Bobcat Goldthwait, he was like, yeah, I was, uh, I was ego surfing last night and I saw this, uh, yeah, I was ego surfing yesterday and I'm like, you ego surf every morning, don't you? And, uh, so it kind of got me looking things up and so now I, I read some of them. I actually, I, I got really ticked off at a reviewer from Orlando, this guy who just gave me the horrible review for God Bless America and I... I found him on Facebook, and uh, <laughs> I uh, made mention that, you know, you're kind of a dick for a living. Good you shouldn't you. really post pictures of your family and children. Anyway. <gasps> oh. Uh, no, so I, when I, you, I didn't go all the way there, but that's where I wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but That was in a parenthesis in what you, yeah. after what you actually heard. Considering what movie he just saw, yeah. you should back <laughs> off. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Well, I so think when you're reading a review, though, do you, I mean, is there any moment where you say, eh, he's kind of got a point there that didn't go too well, or... Because I've never really heard an actor go, uh, no, he's he's spot on. Oh, no, I've been in uh, some bad things yeah. where I'm like, yeah, damn straight. Yeah, yeah. Because I've never been more of the affable Murray than the Russell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, you know, I, I was going to say, I, I, on this very note, I just auditioned. We did um, Bunny Bunny, the Gilda Radner play uh, mm -hmm. in 2005. And I got a, a lot of great reviews. But one of the reviews said that I didn't go for the uh, the edge where Gilda would go as much because um, there's a whole part of her that obviously was fighting cancer and was being nasty when she was sick. And I just didn't see that in her in 2005 because I love her to death. But when I re-auditioned for, I just auditioned for the play last week, there was one scene with her and Alan and it was getting a little more personal and a little deeper. And this time I went there and I got a call back. And I think it's because I paid attention to the review and I actually challenged myself to try to find yet another angle well, yeah, and, you know? and, and people that say they don't watch their work, like, how are you going to learn anything? <laughs> I don't understand game that. tapes, right? But it's just yeah, like exactly. a oh, baseball yeah, yeah. or football team. you got to watch watch them, especially when it's your business. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't understand that one. But, yeah, you, you learn stuff and think, well, I don't want to be told, you know, I was that again. Right. So you, you avoid right. that the next time, and then you get accused of being something else. And right, and then whatever. you have to fix that, but... Uh, right. Also, you can also find what is a running theme and audition for those roles. You probably don't have that problem, but for us, we have to find our type really specifically out here, especially in L.A. In Chicago, you are allowed to act and do a bunch of different roles. Here, they want you to just kind of find your thing, and then you do that. Right. And the best way to find that is to get um, feedback from what people say. Do you get that? Do people say, we need this Joel Murray? Oh, yeah. No, I was mm -hmm. a sit, you know, just a sitcom guy. You can't do anything else. And it, it, it's it's all buying lottery tickets no matter where you are. You know, you just got to keep trying and trying and, you know, putting your head against the wall. I mean, you look at some people that they – I used to laugh at, like, Whoopi Goldberg was always just panicked that she wasn't going to ever work again. Right. And, you know, is she, is she – has she been out of work a day of your life? You know? <laughs> no, she's always somewhere. Like right now, I think she's on TV, right? Yeah, The View for a number she's of years. The View, yeah. right? Yeah. 
But I mean, wherever you are in your career, it's it's just a, a life of insecurity and uh, rejection. You I'm, do not choose. That's what we chose. Yeah. yeah we, <laughs> Turns out you don't have to be an actor to be insecure. <laughs> no. I prove he, that every day. He has a real job and he's yeah. insecure. Might as well be insecure for profit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Might as well work in corporate America and be insecure. Well, the only difference is we get most days off. Yeah. <laughs> that, and get to sleep in yeah. unless we have to get up for an audition, yeah. in which case I try to move it until later. So you're right. friends with Whoopi Goldberg is what I heard there. Uh, no, not really. Oh, okay. I've, I've met her, though. Yeah, she's yeah. very nice, actually. But Did she express to you her concern about working? Yeah, she was complaining about something. One of the few times I met her, back when she was doing uh, Baghdad Cafe, a short-lived TV show, she was like, oh, yeah, this doesn't go well. I mean, what am I going to do then? Like, she had an Oscar by then, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think she's also one of the only, there's like 11 people that have all of the Tony and the Oscar and... Uh, the EPOC is that what it is? Yeah, it's, the it's Emmy EGOG or something. Yeah, it's something got a like name. That. Yeah, Emmy, Emmy, Grammy, Grammy Tony, Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. EGOT. EGOT. That's She's it. an EGOT. There aren't many. Yeah. Mm-mm. Now to to give a proper introduction to the what Whoopi we slam. What we just referenced was the uh, uh, the God Bless America, the Bob Goldthwaite film that uh, that I was were, in. That that you <laughs> are the lead yeah, in. I just want to say that. if if it wasn't for I think some inherent affability, yep. that is a tough role. For anybody that doesn't know that's listening to this, it is about a guy who basically lives out the revenge fantasies that all of us have while watching reality television and um, uh, 24-hour news. 24-hour news. And, and got, shock and radio. Finally, some guy stops having fantasies of, of pulling out a gun and and, and shooting. Goes uh, and kills that little brat on my super sweet 16. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Point blank range. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't even flinch. And I don't think if it and was... everybody kind of is happy about it. <laughs> yeah, it's a feel. Good. It's a movie about kindness through massive violence. <laughs> well, your speech at the end, whenever you uh, you go and you, I don't want to give it away. Yeah, but, don't spoil. But he gives a speech, and he talks about everything you were doing was out of kindness and and thinking about other people. Yeah, we've lost our kindness, right? Mm-hmm. That's our what's, soul. Yeah. yeah. Well, most of the people you take out is because they're mean. Yeah, yeah. That's the, they're just not nice. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, it was a, a interesting precipice to walk in the fact that you you had to be a, a murderer and, and likable. And uh, Bobcat uh, somehow saw me as the guy, and he was uh, he was laid up. He was having back surgery, so I brought him over the first three seasons of Mad Men because I said, you know, people always tell me, oh, I was wildly sick. I had spinal meningitis, but I caught up on Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I, so I brought yeah. him over, and somewhere. Through season two, he turned to his wife, or his wife turned to him and said, you know, Joel should be Frank. And oh, that's great. He's like, oh, yeah. So he sent me a script, and I was like, yeah, it's a great script, Bob. You want me to be the guy in the office? And he's like, no, Frank. The guy? <laughs> yeah, the, the guy. Oh, I see. He wanted you to be the guy talking to that guy. But I, no, yeah. I, that's what I thought. Yeah, no. But turns out uh, I was the, the guy. Your uh, co-star was great, too. She's fantastic. Oh, Tara Lynn Barr. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a little theater girl. actress, from, you know, from Orange County, and she's really oh, great. Great. And, uh, listening and as compared to a girl you could have gotten, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. There's one right over. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just yep, yep. But she was really <laughs> great. <laughs> <sighs> Fabulous. Anyway, she was great. And I, I thought that I could buy the fact that she would shoot someone. But, yeah, she was nuts, though. Yeah, I we thought that was We went to the awesome. range, and, you know, surprisingly, Bob's kind of a gun nut. And, uh, <laughs> really? But we went to the range a few times before we, we started shooting, and she was, like, you know, kind of getting off on firing the gun. <laughs> and, she was uh, great. She really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, the whole Bonnie and Clyde thing was really cool. I also like the fact that I love the fact that your character was hanging out with a 17-year-old, someone underage, mm-hmm. and you weren't creepy. 
No, that was that uh, was great. Yeah, that just treated her like another adult who he wants really to did. Take and he wasn't. He was just treating her like a person. Well, he was at the end. I mean, uh, you were at the end. You just needed someone to listen to your. That was cool. Because no one else around Frank is listening to him. Right. right. Bob made the joke that, you know, the characters I've been playing lately can tell the caliber of a gun by the taste. <laughs> uh, but, so, yeah, I, I, I had a gun in my mouth for much of the beginning of the movie. That anyway. was really creepy to watch you like that. I yeah, I didn't like I that. I didn't like it either. Yeah, did you yeah. have actor experiences where you like went to a dark place and then went, got should... off the set, started yelling at people and had... No, I, I was affable <laughs> on the set. But, no, I had a one of my best friends actually blew his head off uh, with a gun in his mouth Oof. right before we started shooting. So it was wow. a, it was a very dark place to go, uh, and that was handy. Wow. You know, uh, as, as your wife, it would have bothered me to see you with a gun in your mouth. I shot her. She was the second bullet in the movie. Oh, uh, really? That's, that's my that wife. was her? Yeah. <laughs> in the office. So... That's always good for your relationship. Good for you. Did she, get, oh, she even wore the thing that exploded, yeah, if I remember. She, we she, call that a squib. She wore a squib. squib. Yeah. I remember thinking, wouldn't that be fun to have a squib? Yeah. Well, it's fun to shoot your wife. <laughs> Don't right, listen OJ. to him. Anyway. I wear squibs around a stapler. I wear squibs around the office, so when people come over with bad news, I just explode my chest. And <laughs> oh, I can't get you the TPS report by 9 a.m. <laughs> oh, no yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Joel, I want to ask you the question we ask every guest who comes on the show. What's your favorite movie of all time? Of all time? Yep. It doesn't necessarily have to be the best movie of all time. Just know, Joel, there is a wrong answer, so think yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> but your favorite? The one that makes me feel the best. Um, well, we'll talk about how you get to this right, decision. Yeah, so so I, I'm going to be just told I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. I really like the Philadelphia story. Oh. That is a that tough is movie a to good, watch over and over. You, can't watch, uh, you don't watch it every night, but I, I, I just I, every time it comes on, I, I like that. I mean, one. that's a tough movie to watch. He, th- over he thinks sad. he meant Philadelphia, right? Yeah, you think? <laughs> no, I did. Or, <laughs> or, or Philadelphia Experiment. You I, 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 I can already <laughs> tell when he's on the wrong track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that why you do so the wrong answer? As soon as he said that, yes, I was like, because he thinks he meant Philadelphia. I did. You're gonna say the wrong answer. Philadelphia story is a completely different movie. Old school, Cary Grant. Cary Grant would be rough. <laughs> His age <laughs> every night. Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> and it turns out that's the yeah. right answer, yeah. Joel. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Another one. I, 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 I'm, and it's almost the season, but I, I could watch White Christmas a couple times a year. Oh, and there's the nothing. holidays don't yeah. start till White Christmas, and I think Danny Kaye was just freaking hysterical in that movie. It's a cr- and when they do me. snow, I love that. And they snow, do snow. Snow, 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 snow. Isn't that amazing snow, that there's snow? Long to there's, that's the only oh, holiday with so many movies to it. Oh, I don't want to interrupt. No, it's the greatest, that but scene. But it's, it's, it's amazing to me. my hair, my hands and feet in snow. Because, <laughs> I mean, I love that when there's a holiday, well, uh, Halloween, of course, because you got horror movies, but, but Christmas, there's all the Christmas specials. Yeah. I mean, that is like, it is wall to wall when I go home for Christmas. It's just, you watch every Christmas mm-hmm. movie, watch all the classics. Scrooge has always been, oh, for some shut people. Oh, shut up, yeah. One, Scrooge yeah. is great. Yeah, because I I, mean, I grew up watching Scrooge. It yeah. was just always. I was on. working in a movie theater then, so I saw that movie a yeah. lot. And I loved all the movies I saw a lot. I loved that era, uh, all the '87 stuff, Princess Bride and Lethal Weapon and mm-hmm. Raising Arizona and mm-hmm. whatever came out in '80, like Platoon. I'm that guy. I would go in and watch, <laughs> Platoon, watch Platoon when I was off of work. And over. <laughs> it's depressing as hell, all but right. it's such a great movie. I, I had to go back watch in and Philadelphia. watch Philadelphia. Yeah. Yes, he'd watch it over and over. Now, so you say you got some inside scoops on uh, Scrooge. On Scrooge? Oh, uh, not really. Okay, right. just because that's, that that was a bit we were doing. You were doing. Yeah, yeah. He was okay. acting. So I wonder if he actually he had something there. 
Um, but because uh, that's a, I would, so the weird thing about that movie has always been that Richard Donner is a very strange choice for that movie. And I heard there was it was a bit of a trouble production because he wasn't a comedy director, but he was one doing, of my you know, favorite mo- moments in that movie was, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio were shooting Coming to America on one set. And then you got Buddy Hackett and all these <laughs> Dickensian people all dressed up as Dickens characters coming here. And they're, they're going both ways. And over in the corner was the guy from. I'm not a big Trekkie, but uh, the greenish pale guy from uh, the next generation, whatever, Star Trek, sitting there having a cigarette with this look of total disdain. Data? Like, look at these <laughs> What What is this? And, uh, it just kind of cracked me up. I, you couldn't encapsulate it in a, in a photograph. It's a weird Hollywood-only photo. Yeah. Sounds yeah. very Hollywood, that whole scene. But um, February 29th, on Leap Day, all four Murray brothers worked on the movie, which was kind of, you know. Oh, that's kind the of last, wow. Probably cool. the last time all four of us actually worked on the same day, because we don't work much. But uh. oh, I wanted to ask about that now. There That's are cool. other Murray brothers who aren't in the business, right? Because Brian, John, Bill, and Joel. Right. And then there's two others who aren't. Is it kind of like the Farleys? Because you know, the Farleys, they have a couple of brothers who mm-hmm. aren't in the right. business as well. The bean counters. Um, right, exactly. <laughs> my brother Ed was a Morgan Stanley guy for a year, in, in, year forever, uh, investment guy. And my brother Andy is, is, was a chef, and he runs our Murray Brothers Caddyshack down in St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, cool. oh, yeah. Karen is wearing the, the hat. Karen wearing is wearing the hat. hat today. There you go. Yeah. It's like the third Manning brother. There's <laughs> Eli and Peyton, and then there's another Shlomo, one right? yeah, who's yeah. selling insurance in, 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 in yeah. Nebraska somewhere. I, w- I was uh, telling Paul that your sister's a nun, but she also does a show about a nun. She travels the world as Catherine of Siena, a 16-year-old <laughs> saint. She's like, I'm going to say 65, 66. <laughs> She's only your sister, Jill. Play, you might want to know. A 16-year-old saint. And, <laughs> so not in the business, but no still performing. either. It's, it's She's just, just improvising what, it? It's, it? Well, there's stuff, but Have you, know, you seen it? Come on. She comes in and engages the room, and it could be 40 minutes, and it could be two and a half hours. And, <laughs> you know, God forbid you're there for the two and a half hours. But, uh, she, she just channels it. It's utterly amazing. It just somehow Catherine it, of Siena comes into her. Is and, Catherine of Siena funny? Sometimes she's funny. <laughs> yeah. She gauges the room. Karen. Sometimes sometimes she's doing a scene with like four characters in it, and she's doing all the voices, and you're just going. Wait, are you sure your sister's not crazy? Well, she's a nun. <laughs> I mean, how do you become a nun at 18? And oh. think, well, grow up hmm. with you and your crazy oh. clan. That's we, how you do it. We had a very small house. <laughs> how and, rowdy uh, must that yeah. house have been when you guys were ki- kids? Well, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to include the question, were your parents funny? Um, oh, yeah, your parents must have been a hoot. They were very... Uh, my grandfather was really funny. My father was funny. He had a dry sense of humor. My mother was Edith Bunker. She, <laughs> she had a different Ew. sense of humor. But she would say stuff, and you didn't know if she was trying to be funny or not. And <laughs> then you realize, oh, she was actually doing that on purpose. <laughs> oh. oh. But our, our dining room table was, you know, whatever, the training ground uh, for a lot of us. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were funny. And they had to have a sense of humor. I don't know. Putting up with us. I mean, there that, are nine yeah. total. That's a lot of boys. Nine kids. Yeah. Mostly boys, except yeah. for the one sister. Who's in a cold crazy ass nun. Illinois. Cold ass. Wow. Damn. Well, so that means you're inside most of the cold of, ass. It's not like, you know, in other places like here where you can spread out and be outside. You're stuck no, inside. No, you're in there. Right. <laughs> you're in there. We had, like, when you think about sitting on a couch with nine or 11 people, depending, <laughs> watching TV. Yeah. Everybody had their, you know, like there's four <laughs> seats in the couch itself. There's right. three people who sit in front of the people on the couch. There's two people that sleep on, uh, sit on the back of the couch. Right. And there's a couple people that kind of wedge in on arm pieces. But those were, those were legitimate seats. And you'd the, save the those every pieces? time you got up. Yeah. You know, 
Wait, were you the baby? Were you picked on? Uh, no, I, I wasn't spoiled. I was picked on. I'm glad uh -huh. I have all my hair because I have a lot of marks up there. But uh, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily picked on or spoiled. But I had great hand-me-downs. Oh, all right. Tons of them. You had tons of clothes. Tons of them, yeah. And you never got to choose what you watched on TV, right? Oh, no. No, there's no way. I've I still don't. I've seen epic fights between just a brother and a sister over that. <laughs> Nine. And also, because um, I had just two older brothers, but I had to learn little tricks like when you have pizza, the pizza will come. And I didn't know at first I would take one piece and I'd go away and I'd eat it slowly. And I'd come gone. back and it's gone. <laughs> so I had to learn to, you take a couple at one time and then you hoard it over in the corner and you eat your pizza. Or you lick the others, right? Did you do the licking? <laughs> of course. Of course. The Saxton brothers would come home with like a sack of McDonald's and they'd all lick the burgers and then you're done. I'll be back for those later. No. Uh, That's awful. Did that technique happen in the Murray household? <laughs> I'm just reminded, my nephew one time, we were at Royal Chessman, which was the best pizza I've ever had, and it was our hometown, and uh, my nephew actually threw up on the pizza. <laughs> and my other nephew all of a sudden looks at it and goes, and gets the one piece that there was no vomit touch <laughs> And my, my brother Johnny and I just looked at each other and goes, wow, that was fast. <laughs> You were all eyeballing that piece. Yeah. I bet he's had to do it before. Mm. Oh, I, my God. I guess, yeah. I've been here before. I know how, to... I know how this works. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is probably a troubling question, but who's the best golfer? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's why we play the game. <laughs> <laughs> what day, right? On, on any given Monday. Yeah. No, we all grew up caddying and golfing. My brother Ed was really good, uh, but he's old now, and he's got knee troubles and stuff, so... Uh, it's anybody's game at this point. And, and Billy's kind of the poster boy for ADD. He can eagle a hole and then quadruple the next because, hey, did you see that mountain, man? That's fabulous. We got to take the time to learn the name of all these trees. Joel, you got the time. Seriously, learn the names of these and the Latin names too. You should do that. <laughs> um, that kind, of a, best kind of a dig there, too, right? <laughs> in, in, in a way. Like, you know, get all this time, right? Just oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It's He's getting in your skin, under your, yeah. head, in your head. Oh, during the game. Didn't you play with one of his brothers? I played with Brian in a charity event once. Oh, um, that must have been fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend, my friend Justin bid on it in a silent auction. And I'm he, sorry. I don't remember your name. Uh, <laughs> but you're up. God, he makes you <laughs> go ahead and hit though. Murray, uh, Ready golf. Oh, I honestly just sat there listening to stories while you know while people are waiting to golf or putt or whatever. He's just telling stories. I'm like, I could listen to these stories all day because me and Justin, we sucked. We're not good. It was and, charity. And I think the, I know, but I think even the guy who ran the country club that we were at, who kind of ponied up the whole thing, said, you know, round of golf with Brian Doyle Murray. After a while, I was like. We got to move this game along. You guys are horrible. We're putting them out from the trees. Well, you were and trying. Thing. We just wanted to go play. Do you with, think Brian hated Brian. that? Do you think you wanted to just kill them because they? Oh, he play? doesn't have much uh, patience <laughs> for anything really. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, he was perfectly charming the whole time, and, and so was the guy from the the club. But for a while there, it seemed like he was kind of like, I think we're done here. Ted Knight. And, Ted and Knight was charming. Like eight, <laughs> like eight holes left. I think we're done. Yeah. Oh, but Brian's totally great. Fun. He's he's. My godfather and my brother, uh, which happens in big Irish families. Uh -huh. but, uh, <laughs> That's funny. He, it depends. You, you might have annoyed the hell out of him. Oh. Maybe not. <laughs> it, you know, it all depends on you know medication levels. Didn't suffer his like game any. No, his, his game was great. He was probably trying to get over with, he so he to was play. trying to get a hole in one all the <laughs> yeah. time and get out of there. He's so got Paul a very told smooth, me, steady swing. Yeah, Paul told me you're a Second City alumni, which makes I'm the only one that's never been to Second City or done any of that. 
you're the only one with a real job, too. Exactly. <laughs> have you noticed? I commute. Yeah. yeah, he wears shirts with collars. Well, you have a collared shirt on just today. I borrowed it. But no sleeves, so it doesn't matter. Uh, we, we, we had Mitch Rouse in here as a guest once. and he, He's got uh, great hair. He does. He has doesn't great make hair. Rub it in. You rub have great it in. hair. You have a lot of hair, dude. Thanks. Yeah. But he, uh, because he was coming on, we watched Sorry, this uh, Merkin Penal. Oh yeah, pilot. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. in that. Too. Yeah, you were in Brian that. And Brian and I are in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and a whole doing my veritable host of, uh, of, of Second, Second City. City. But yeah, TJ. And yeah. Who Dave is your crazy. cast when you're at Second City? You did main stage, obviously. Well, I came in at the end of one regime. I was came in and Bonnie Hunt and Mike Myers and Aaron Freeman. And people were there, mm-hmm. and then um, Del Close was rumored to come back, and he kind of cleaned house and oh. created his own company that was Dave Pasquazi, myself, Tim. Meadows, Chris Farley, oh, Joe Liss, Judith Scott, and Holly Wartell, the fabulous Holly Wartell. Cool. Wow. Uh, but it was just the best time ever. Oh, that God, is a, that is really a fun. talented bunch. I mean, everybody place. went on to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something. Yeah. <laughs> You're <laughs> to here. Greatness. Aren't you so excited? <laughs> yeah. <Whee! laughs> yeah. Joe Liss hasn't been in the Admirals Club. <laughs> That's I'll tell right. You that right. There now. you go. Tim Meadows hasn't. <laughs> We always joked, even then, that Joe Liss is going to have like the most amazing career when he's sixty-five, because all of his characters were always, you know, hey, you know, but they were all older right. people. He's going to grow into the he's characters. Go- yeah, he's going to kick ass when he's sixty. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to speak on behalf of. Well, in here, we all have favorite things: Karen's Saturday Night Live, Lee loves Tom Cruise, Adam's comic book guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, really? Oh, yeah. I know. The big Tom Cruise lover right here. Wow. I know. Have you seen Jack Reacher? Are you a believer? (laughs) A Reacher believer? (laughs) Are you a Reacher believer? That was the failed ad campaign for that, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I didn't make any money. I'm the Pixar guy, so I got to bring up Monsters University. Uh, These guys are some of my favorite filmmakers working in Pixar. And Monsters University, you played a, a monster. Named, uh, I think I got the name right, Don Carlton. Oh, yeah. First of all, <laughs> oh, there it is. how oh, yeah. funny is the monster named Don Carlton? That's just a funny, and right out of the gate. That's funny. He's so cute. And he's like a used car salesman. I mean, it's just too funny. That's awesome. I saw all it right, twice. Don. Oh, yeah, I saw it yeah, twice. I had a company downside, so I decided to go back to school and learn the computers. <laughs> yeah. I oh, love was, that he's from like the Midwest. A, a Uper. Uh, from the Upper Peninsula there. <laughs> it was so much fun. And you don't audition for Pixar movies. They oh, just you call you. It's like the mafia. They just oh, call you. Cool. Yeah, we'd like you to do a job for us. <laughs> and um, once you do a job for us, <laughs> you're going to be in the family. <laughs> and, yeah, but supposedly, once you do one, you keep getting parts and, oh, uh, in all so. the future ones. And I'm like, hell yeah. Bring it and on. it's fantastic. And the, the campus... You know, the fact that they call work a campus, I don't know where you work, but uh, <laughs> it's got swimming pools and volleyball courts and lacrosse breaks out at lunchtime and people are doing yoga and wow. all this. No, stuff. mine's more do of you, a compound. Have- <laughs> Less of a campus, more of a compound. It's crazy. And then cool. um, everybody kind of has their own office thing that they've done. And there's all these hidden bars in Pixar as well. And <laughs> Because I was Freddie Rumson on Mad Men, <laughs> all these guys are like, you got to have a drink in my bar. Oh, and right. they would have a secret panel on the back of their little cubicle. And you go back and they've got like a, a snug as big as this area that we're in right here <laughs> with just like 15 different types of bourbon and scotches. And you know, like, this is great. So you do this every day at work? See, that's what keeps them loose and keeps yeah, them creative. But they, they're very strong on you must play a certain amount of the day. Oh, that's, yeah. oh, I love that's that. so important. Yeah. Shows. It shows in it the work that it's very shows. playful. I and they rewrite and 
test screen and rewrite. And yeah, did you oh, re-record right? a bunch of times, like for rewrites and stuff? Or yeah, did you, yeah. It, it went on for like two and a half years. I just they, really and the awesome. first couple times, you know, you you go up to San Francisco and they put you up in the nicest hotel you could think of, <laughs> and then the next time, like, yeah, maybe I'd like to stay at the Francis Drake this time, or you know, you, you, the St. Francis or whatever, or yeah, top of the mark. How about the Mark Hopkins? Sure, it, oh, any hotel I would name. I want one of those bay-to-bay rooms at the Mondrian. Yeah, okay. <laughs> wow. It, 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 it's really the money, though, the money, The money they got. I mean, the marketing alone, the merchandising, I should say, from Cars and Toy Story, those guys can put do you, you up. Do you have? They I was put you up wherever ask, do they have a little dollar yeah, a tour of you? Yeah, I got some stuff. How cool. Yeah, that is cool. See, we but used to make the ultimate. three quarters of a billion dollars. Yeah, third wow. biggest movie of the year. Yeah. Behind the, what, wow. the Despicable Me and uh, Iron Man. Whenever so there's more a, money than Man of Steel. Whenever there's an animated movie out, we always make the joke that uh, you get to work in your pajamas. Please tell me that's true, Joel. I don't know anybody that's done a voiceover gig that they've actually shown up in their pajamas. <laughs> you're ruining it for all of us. But you always had to go to a place, so you can just record it at home and send it in. in or whatever. In not, not at home, but like here in L.A., you always had to go up to San Francisco to, to do the recording. No, I did some of it at Disney here, mm-hmm. uh, but the longer sessions I did at Pixar and then the shorter ones I did there. But they also have cameras on you. They've got a lot of equipment going on because, like, sometimes Don Carlton would have the same, uh, you know, just gonna ask mouth would be that. sliding this way and like, hey, that's me. You Did know. they they oh, wow. would watch you and then they would animate from you? Did you know what you looked your character looked like before you started the voice, or did they come up with that as you did it? It was a work in progress. It was funny. In the beginning, you, you, you saw a drawing of your character, and the next time, you know, your character had kind of scales, and the next time, your scales and tentacles. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it just, it was always progressing. And uh, they kept showing almost every time I did it the same scene, and you'd get to see how many layers they had put on that scene oh, wow. uh, since the last time you'd been there. And like, wow. That's the painstaking part. I saw someone working in Maya, I guess it is the software for that. Frame by frame, like minuscule movement by minuscule movement, making all those characters move mm-hmm. and everything. On, it's crazy. Have you guys seen the movie? I have not seen the it's Monsters in, uh, great. University. It's Don't find out anything uh, yeah, about seen it. The ink, it's not really the clever. Back to form after really the Cars clever. 2, which was a bit of a sidestep for them. Yeah, I watched but. Ink like three times waiting before. I do this all the time before like a movie's coming out that's a sequel. So I'll either watch all the movies before it and then not go see the movie somehow. Because you, you wasted it. all your time trying <laughs> to know. catch up. I get all psyched and then I don't actually make mm. it to the theater. But uh, now there's one more movie I want to talk about that you were in, uh, Best Picture. Oh, yes. Oh, All right. Now, you right. were... Um, I have had a good life. You've had a really yeah. good life. We're going to remind you about your awesome life. So you Sometimes were you in an Academy Award winning picture, The Artist, which so cool. I love The Artist. And you worked with one of my favorite actors in that. And I don't mean to be a jerk, but I just want to know what it's like to work with Uggy. Uggy. <laughs> um, he's a pro. Right? He's really good. And he's a schizo. No, there's. No, is he there, I've worked with four dogs, I think. Uh, <laughs> there were four, four Uggies? Uggies? Yeah. <gasps> um, but they're they're all really good. Um, but I, I, that was one of these things where the agent calls and says, yeah, I got an audition for you. It's uh, Friday at 545 in Hollywood. Uh-huh. And I live on the west side. Like, oh, the w- It's so really? hard on the could west I, side to go back and I forth. possibly come a little earlier? No, that's the only time to see me. Yeah. Oh, what's it for then? Um, it's a... French, silent, <laughs> black and white Ooh, they're film. they're selling you on it, <laughs> yeah. Like, Seriously? And you do a scene with a dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I said, if I didn't have a Vespa scooter, so I could Shut z- up, zigzag. you have a Vespa? Oh, I have two. Uh, if I couldn't zigzag to the audition, I wouldn't have gone. 
And uh, so I went, and it's just this goofy audition where the guy's like, okay, now a bird is flying over. How would you? <laughs> I, I like the way you look at a bird. Oh, okay, like now a dog is tugging at your foot. But you don't like that. No, no. <laughs> You're uh, okay. great with the dog in that. And I loved it. And the first whole day I worked was nothing but, first it was 100-yard wind sprints, and then it was like 50-yard wind sprints. And I just ran in the Because oh, you wool, have to follow him. The wool police suit with, you know, the 1921 Air Jordan boots. Right. Uh, <laughs> the most uncomfortable, you know, no heel on them, no sole on them, uh, but just running and running and running. And, okay, now I want you to run from here to La. And, uh, <laughs> seriously? Seriously? And again? I, and I thought about the other guys in the audition room going, that guy would have died. This guy would have died. <laughs> they picked you because they could, they could think, kill you slowly I, on I the think set. He might live. <laughs> and then I, I have to rescue, I don't want to ruin the movie for you. Don't want to ruin it. But I have to rescue Jean Valjean. You had to pick him up. From, and I was expecting LeBeau from Hogan's Heroes, a little tiny French <laughs> no. man. But it was a big French man. He was like Le my Beau. size. And I, I had to pick him up and carry him out of the fire right. and like this is way <laughs> and there was real fire all around you and the first take real fire about this high mm -hmm. next take real fire about this high <laughs> that's a bit much isn't it? <laughs> Can't i'm they... just worried about the dog Don't get me wrong, but, and yeah. it's smoky oh yeah oh my god and they were actually burning real film on the ground yeah so, so it was oh, stinky, right? Wow. It would have to be stinky. I, I, I would have to think that wasn't healthy. I don't no, know. I don't think that's so. Not yeah. Healthy at all? They'd have to put up a sign at least. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like now I loved that movie and I love that dog. The, the first time I saw it, we were and it was one of those days you never have. But uh, we mm -hmm. were up in Toronto for the film festival, Toronto TIFF, and uh, I got invited to go see the first time I saw it, and it was at a theater that was about 2,000 people oh, wow. to see it in silent, beautiful, old, old-school theater, uh, you know, like John Wilkes Booth's seats on the side. <laughs> and uh, the perfect place to see that. Right. And then I got to see God Bless America that night at the midnight showing cool. 2,000 drunk college students <laughs> in, in Canada. And it was... It was two perfect screenings. Yeah, it, it is two day. perfect screenings. It was yeah. a very good day. The, the, the oh, Academy awesome. got it right that year. And then last year with Argo, I think they're on it. They're getting it right. Yeah. The artist was fantastic. The, the artist was great. Have you ever seen the other movies that director directed with the the star as well? The OSS one seven seven, the James Bond yeah. parodies. Yeah, fantastic, they're aren't hysterical. they? Yeah, and, they're oh, like really good, like nineteen sixty four James Bond parodies. In really? like yeah, cross between Bond and in like Flint kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally it's really good. These were with John Dujardin. Yeah, yeah, Dujardin. yeah he plays really the funny. James Bond. He's, he's he like the French Wolf Ferrell. Oh, he's hilarious. He's really affable and super charming. He's affable. 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 But he, he kind of said, well, I'll do another one of the, the spy movies, but I want to do this artsy thing Good. with my friend and his wife. His wife uh, is awesome. Yeah. And uh, so this ends up winning Best Picture, his little thing he wants to do. Did the you get to go to the, to the um, Oscars? No. I oh, didn't no! get to go. And I didn't, you know, when you win stuff, like on Mad Men, when you win stuff, the word goes out and everybody yeah. goes to the party. Even if you're not like at the table. Oh, at, you can at, go to the party later. You can go to the party later. And somebody texted me a picture of, from the Weinstein party afterwards. Yeah. And it's like, all accountants. There's no actors there. Because <laughs> if it weren't for you guys, there would be no movie. Turns out. <laughs> Apparently I'm there's sorry. no residuals because none of us had anybody. any lines. But anyway. Oh. Oh. 
Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> I, I was going to ask that. Is that for real? I never thought of I don't, that. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. No speaking parts. <laughs> the man is saying he hasn't Still got waiting. anything yet. He's Still just waiting. waiting. All right. Well, I wanted to take yeah. go from the movies that have already come out to uh, the recent films with... What? 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 What did you see? What did you see this week? I like that one better. I, I like do too. Yeah. I do too. We're nothing if we don't have themes. We here, changed right? up our theme because uh, I requested it. Now I'm I'm back in love with the old theme. <laughs> but I still get make make it what creative with it sometimes. Yes. we'll see. But uh, yeah, I put it to the table. What movies out there did you get out to see? Uh, I I saw Out of the Furnace, and I. What is that? Yo no say. This out is of the Christian Bale Christian with Bale. Woody Harrelson. And also uh, oh. Casey Affleck. Oh, 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 and oh, oh. Forrest Whitaker, William Defoe. This is like a fight club movie. Yeah. There's it, a fight club in it? In, there is a fight club is in it. Brad Pitt in it? We don't talk cast. about that, though. We don't talk about the fight club. Okay. However, <laughs> rule one or two. Rule one. The whole movie happens. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. And then it ends, and then I go, hey? Mm. Why, has it got some twist or something? It's just got Not some shots and stuff. really. Like, there's an extra 30. Like I don't know, extra six seconds it didn't need to happen. Really? Because that makes you go, what? Eh? And then actually the decisions of the main character the last uh, ten minutes or so were a little kind of like, oh well, I wish. That's weird. Yeah, everything becomes a little less eh. uh, likable. And the, here's the interesting part: the night before, I went to see Homefront. Saw an advanced screening of that, the uh, Jason Statham movie where he goes oh, to yeah. Louisiana, gets involved. Here's the deal: Jason Statham. Goes to Louisiana. His kid gets beat up at school. He gets involved with meth heads. Kicks the shit out of a ton of rednecks. Credits. There's no like, oh, this is where the movie went weird, or this is where the movie had that extra shot. Pretty straightforward. You know it's what Jason you're getting. Statham's you totally right? know what you're getting with Jason Statham. You know I'm gonna like that movie. It's exactly what I expected. It's, it, it will be and exactly James what Franco you're... plays the the villain in a Jason Statham movie. That is yeah. the weirdest turn. And Winona Ryder is badly cast in it. Sadly, oh. she's kind of she uh, wearing clothes the whole time. <laughs> she's still got it. Yeah, but amen. She's I, she doesn't strike me as a southern like loser. You know, she's kind of upper crusty to me, or mm. or like. I don't know, still has a reality bites yeah. uh, film on her, I yes, think. So Mancy would yeah. be the word. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she wasn't so hot on that, but um, but yeah, Statham. I mean, he's just the sound effects are great when he punches a guy or throws him into the wall. Uh-huh. It's a, it's one of those that really hurt sound effects, <laughs> and, and you know what you're getting, like you say. That's so. So that was. I, I don't know if it was more enjoyable than Out of the Furnace because everything yeah. else about Out of the Furnace was fantastic until they get some like they start mucking it up at the end. But uh, bring that, and, both and those will open soon. Talking about mucking it up at the end, Prisoners. Now, hey, Joel, that's the movie. I oh, saw that's this Joel. Yeah. You said you saw Prisoners. I, uh, my wife and I went, and uh, we went to a screening right by our house, and uh, it's a little long. Yeah, it's really dark. Um, Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. I was kind of, uh, for a while, wondering if he was in the same movie as everybody else. Um, yes. But I, I just, he was doing one school, and, um, and oh, God, I'm so, I'm so bad on names. And oh, you, it's uh, Terrence Howard? Gyllenhaal? Terrence Gyllenhaal, Terrence Howard? Yeah. Gyllenhaal. Terrence Howard, I thought he had an easy payday. Yeah, he didn't do a lot, right? Yeah, it didn't seem like... He cries in every movie. Well, for as much as Hugh Jackman had vested... I mean, both their daughters are abducted. Mm -hmm. For as intense and crazy, he's going... Terrence Howard, yeah. he's going, eh, yeah, well, she's gone. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was just kind of polar opposite. So you think Hugh Jackman went way, yeah. just so rot and and uh, and uh, God, I'm so bad. Well, there that. are scenes for, I thought where one character points at Hugh Jackman and says, "You put tape on my mouth" or something like that, as the if little to girl. suggest he was involved in the kidnapping. 
And then I got really confused because he they was... continued to have him like track down the killers. So I wondered what that scene was all about. Another movie that got confused. Meet the meth heads, kick their ass, <laughs> roll the credits. <laughs> right. what's, uh, what's this is your r- formula. Yeah, yeah, and then do you think he stays in the hole at the end? Well, I was Spoiler glad, alert, Karen. I was oh, glad sorry. we didn't have to spend yeah, another hole. four minutes or however long it was going to take to get the yeah, <laughs> To get him out of the, the hole. holes in the plot. But the other thing about that movie was, and the, she's a phenomenal actress, and she won an Oscar a couple years ago, who's, I'm not going to say what she does in the movie, right, the wom- but when, the I, woman. when I saw her hair and makeup, I'm going, well, she did it. Whoever that yes. is. <laughs> She did it. They look, made her look, look at the crazy ass hair and makeup she's got on. She's she got did it. There's no doubt about it. It's just yeah. a matter of time. And my my wife gets mad at me when I just kind of tap her like. Yeah. Well, he's exactly <laughs> right because it's Melissa Leo, and Melissa Leo already is weird enough. Don't do anything yeah, to her. She didn't have to be she, all d- nothing all right, weirder. So fuck the audience. I guess you should have seen it by now, right? Well, you should have seen. <laughs> spoilers, by spoilers. Now. But but I there's agree a screener with you. coming if you're in the GTA, by the way. <laughs> oh, I better pay my SAG dues. Yeah, yeah. I can get that. You think Gyllenhaal's got a shot of being nominated for something with that? I, you know, and I, I think he's great, and I didn't go nuts for him either and I, here, I'm never going to work in this town again but um, <laughs> you're I, welcome I just um, I, I, I kind of didn't jump on board on why he was that way and why he was cast it, you know I, I kept thinking that but Tommy Lee Jones would have kicked the hell out of this. Uh, you know, I, that's a good point. I, I kept thinking of older actors that would. Why yeah. is this guy young? Mm. Why does he have the neck tattoos? Why is his shirt buttoned up? There was like so many choices in it. Like, nah, I, I don't get it. Yeah, it's like choice for choice sake, like choice yeah. salad for Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. It's no Monsters University. No, that's a great movie. You two gotta see that movie. I went all the way to my. I would not show this film, Prisoners, to my kid three or four times in lieu of babysitting. Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, for that's, that, it's it's quality. That's yeah. good to know. Wait, a yeah. film about a kidnapping? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe we'd calm the kid down. Yeah. I'll do whatever you say. Okay, okay. I, I get where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know what? That's a Thanksgiving movie. We always talk oh, about yeah. what oh, movies are funny. good for Thanksgiving. That's a Thanksgiving movie. Um, the abduction happens on Thanksgiving Day. That's yeah. so, so funny. That's great. So we'll get together. Plane, we'll, trains, and automobiles. Prisoners. Happy holidays. <laughs> yeah. No, I was saying uh, I went all the way to my sofa and Uh-oh. watched The Change Up with uh, Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds. I saw oh. part of that. This I week. watched this it probably seven times because it was on all weekend on TBS. Yeah, you're one of those. Yeah, if it's on TBS, yeah, you watch. that's right. That's where I'm sitting. It, <laughs> you eventually you, you put the whole dismayed, thing together. Joel. He looks concerned. I, I'm still trying to get over the Tom Cruise thing. <laughs> <laughs> there is look. Well, Tom, he likes hockey guys. It's Ryan yeah. Reynolds. No, hold on, Joel. If you want. Tom Cruise in your movie. You cannot do better than Tom Cruise. Right. He is the Tom Cruisiest. He's the Tom Cruise of Tom Cruises. I don't necessarily <laughs> want to know him as a person. I just love watching him act and do his thing on screen. Mm-hmm. He may be a nut job in real life, but Boy. you know what? I bet you if I had him over, he would fake charm my pants off. <laughs> He, he would pretend charm. nice till you believed it. He exactly. fake charmed the Comic Con crowd yeah. this summer when and I saw. You know what? If you're fake all the time, then maybe you're just charming. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's my thing. That's true. But I saw the change up, and it did this really. It was a horrible movie, and Jason Bateman was charming, and and, like and Ryan Reynolds Jason was Bateman's. was fine. But they did something in it that I really appreciate. So do you, do we all know the plot? The plot is they urinate into a fountain and they switch bodies. <laughs> and magic Freaky happens. Friday. Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. And eighteen again. Eighteen again. Vice versa. Vice versa. Liar, liar. Like father, like son. Thanks, Paul. 
Oh, no, not never been the done one before. Thing, yeah, and the one thing none of those when movies. You say eight times. Are you sure it was that movie? <laughs> <laughs> and the one thing none of those movies did that this movie did, which I really appreciated, is as soon as the event occurred and the two guys realized they had swapped places, they went and tried to explain it to somebody. Instead oh, of going, true. well, okay, no one's going to understand this. We've got to come up with a solution on our own. They went to Leslie Mann, Leslie Mann, mm-hmm. and tried to explain to her what's going on, and they do a horrible job of it, and then you get to go, all right, so the rest of the movie gets to happen now because they tried <laughs> their best, but now no one believes them Because they opened the envelope yeah, that's right. with they all the names. The, right. It's always frustrating when they don't make the logical choice. Yes. Like, why don't you just yeah. try and explain yeah. it to somebody? Why don't you to explain <laughs> to somebody? And they try it, and, and this brought me around on my appreciation for Leslie Mann because it wasn't directed by Judd Apatow. She's in it anyway, and she plays the hot wife that's not overly hot but still kind of hot, but not completely unattainable she's for whoever she's married totally to. Totally hot. Yeah, she's, she's great. And she has this she does have good comic timing and great delivery and she has this wonderful scene where He's she's coming like, to the party late. Yeah. Everyone. I'm just saying I hey, I'm a big fan of I told you so. So I will give you the I told you so, but I will also take the I told you so. Okay. <laughs> so Jason Bateman, a little too dry to be affable. True? Yes. yes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We discussed that first yeah. sketch. Yeah. yeah he's almost, he's almost he's got so much edge to his he could cut I mean, you in awesome. half with a line, he's I awesome, think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's uh, get on to some our, our big closer. Oh, this right. happens. Yeah. Uh, this, this not a week goes by without a celebrity celebrating a birthday. So thank the Lord, Karen is here to give yes. us those celebrity shoutouts <laughs> in another round of Karen's birthdays. All right. This week is a very special week for birthdays. This week is Affable Actors Birthday Week. Fantastic. Yes, Congratulations, Joel. Oh, Joel, it's Joel's your birthday? birthday. That's good. You know what? Joel's birthday is April 15th? 17th. 17th. Uh, I looked uh, it up because if you were here. Tax day is the 15th. Oh, that's true. Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget, everyone. It's my mother's Starting, birthday. Really? Tax day. Poor thing. Yep. Starting off our Affable Actors birthday celebration is Dean Emeritus actor Owen Wilson, who oh, turns 45 but can play affable. anywhere from dazed to confused. <laughs> he attended the University of Texas at Austin, where he met his future mentor and friend Wes Anderson. They wrote a screenplay called Bottle Rocket in 1996, sent it to their family friend, screenwriter L.M. Kit Carson, who then sent it to a producer, Polly Platt, who gave it to James L. Brooks, who then gave them $5 million to make it into a feature film. Nice. Simple as that. So there it is, mm-hmm. a step-by-step instruction of how to get your <laughs> film made. <laughs> and in case you're wondering, you know how his nose looks all crazy? He broke it twice when he was playing football, once in high school and once with some friends in a park. I would not peg him as a football player. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> yes. Apparently not a good one. Apparently. He's face busted a couple of times. Uh, know how to put on the helmet. <laughs> Interesting footnote. Those There's are, a helmet? Didn't wear the Ed Podolak face mask, that's for sure. <laughs> those are both That's an old games. Chiefs reference. <laughs> okay, so we well, have done uh, a lot of the character introductions from past movies with NFL Films music. And this week we did British stuff. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but... Joel, could you give us some NFL films speak, and, oh, yes. however you care to. Improvise names, talk about the frozen tundra, do whatever you do. Uh, and we'll join in as necessary because we just love talking over this music. Here we go. 90 miles north of Chicago, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Just west of Sturgeon Bay. From the hallowed grounds of the tunnel they emerged. Hamish hey, Abernathy. Had a game one would never forget. <laughs> Handing the ball time after time to Primrose Everdeen. The passing attack of Elfie Trinket. The defensive stands by Plutarch Hebbensby. 
<laughs> Finnick O'Dare, the fearsome foursome of Claudius Templesmith. Capital citizen uncredited. It was the greatest comeback in sports history. It sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Doesn't it? It does. Yeah. We could even say Brian Doyle Murray. Music. You could just say all these people's Brian names. I'm going to order that. lunch to that music tomorrow. I'd like a hoagie, please. <laughs> Barbecue chicken salad. Now do your brother salad. Brian. <laughs> yeah, right? NFL oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> wait, wait. Brian <laughs> Doyle Murray does the NFL no. films? <laughs> oh, there we Man. go. Starting lineup of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> the 85 Bears. <laughs> The greatest one-year dynasty ever to attack football. Richard Dent. Super Bowl MVP. The day had never gotten any better. The punky QB. Jim McMahon, good friend, good drinker, good golfer. Great guy to hang around, actually, quite frankly. Matt Suey. Back when there was a fullback. And the unstoppable, inspirational... Walter Payton. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my God, oh, that was wonderful. 85 really, Bears is the perfect one. To pick. It made me really happy. That was good. Okay. okay. Right, we, you were doing birthdays, yeah, Karen, was, other birthdays? I was oh, yeah. doing my segment, which does not even compare to that awesomeness that just happened. Oh. Thank you for doing that. Oh, well. That was no freaking hilarious. Now, now I want to. Okay. And let's wish a happy Brian birthday Murray. to our next affable actor graduating, Kum Laude. <laughs> Her name is Margaret Mary Emily Ann Hira. Anybody know who that is? Oh, it's uh... Whoopi Goldberg. That's a real name. <laughs> Almost. Her name's Karen, actually. Did Karen you know? Johnson? Karen something, Whoopi's name. No, that's Meg Ryan's name. You guys oh. brought her up earlier Late today. Lay on me again. Oh. Lay on me her again. name is Margaret Mary Emily Ann Hyra, and she wow. changed it to Meg Ryan, which actually is uh, Germany. The word Germany, because she has German ancestry. When you take the letters and you move them oh, around, you get Meg Ryan. Ryan. Germany wow. Ryan. You learn a little something during oh, birthdays. I'm just going to interrupt again. Certainly, um, please. Oh, please. That's what the segment is yes. for, actually. My I... brother Ed was a huge, uh, he is, a huge Meg Ryan fan. And I, oh. I had a little part on The Doors. I played a disc jockey at <gasps> a, oh, yeah? a military That's base. That's a great movie. movie was, uh, the scene was cut. Oh. Um, I had a role there where I, I, a lot of times where I got cut in a row. But anyway, um, <laughs> He said, "You're working with Meg Ryan. Can you get me an autograph?" So I, I got a picture of Meg Ryan at a uh, like a novelty store by my house, and I, I signed it. Ed, you can handle my assets anytime. <laughs> Meg Ryan, it's been over his desk for decades. <laughs> <laughs> Little did he know it was a fraud. <laughs> thanks oh. for the quickie. Thank you, thanks for the quickie. <laughs> yes. All right. So I was going to say she turns 52, but can play anywhere from America's Sweetheart to Celestial Sweetheart because there is an asteroid named after her called 8353 Meg Ryan. Who well, knew? some astronaut Officially, is as yeah. big a fan as Ed is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Above his chair or whatever. Is that an is another signed picture. <laughs> Now, we all know that Meg Ryan, as we noted for her uh, orgasm scene in 1989 film When Harry Met Sally. Yes. Yes, of course. Did you know, has she ever been naked in a movie? Yes, Anyone? the doors. We saw her boobies in the doors, didn't we, Joel? She blew Jim Morrison. There you go. <laughs> okay, any other movies that she was naked in? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, Amityville 3. I don't know. Was she? I think so. Oh, all right. I had uh, something called Flesh and Bone. 
And mm-hmm. the Presidio. Oh, right? I saw some titty when I was looking it up online. And also in Promised Land when she was 26, she looked great. Oh, I'm going and back to that. Go check not, that out. Promise I would not peg her for being naked that many times. Like there's Usually there's one. Right? No, there's five that I found and obviously six because I didn't know about Amity uh, Horror. And in the cut, and she was naked at the age of 41 in that. And she looked crazy awesome. Her, yeah, she just looked yeah. great. That's okay. why I love doing birthdays, Joel, because I get to look up these important facts about important things. Do you have a, do you have a point to you, make? Do you actually the... sign up for Mr. Skin? And, and, like, <laughs> so far, I've been able to just visit. One, just visit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been visiting. It's a write-off. <laughs> and lastly, <laughs> lastly, let's wish a happy birthday to affable actor, honorary degree recipient, Harold Ramis. Oh, who yeah. Who turns 68, but can play anywhere from actor, writer, producer, to Marty the Moose. Did you oh, know that was his what? voice? Vacation. Well, the the, you know when he goes, the Sorry, moose out kids. front should have told you? Moose out front should have told you? That's Well, that's, no, John, that's Candy. John Candy. That's but John the, Candy. Moose the moose is Harold Ray. Oh, I didn't He know likes that. Tom Cruise. You have to understand. No, I knew it was John Candy. <laughs> well, yeah, the voice John... was coming out of John Candy. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you can tell. I know who John Candy is. He was in Philadelphia. He had AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's all so weird. So we all know that Harold has been involved in either an actor or a writer or director in some of our best comedies of all time. For example... If you are thinking of a Thanksgiving Day film starring a United States senator, your best choice for entertainment would be Stuart Saves His Family. Because that's one of my favorite Thanksgiving that movies. That is a Thanksgiving movie. I love and it. it's a good one. Fred Thompson and has a brain Dwell Murray in it. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. That is a quaint, awesome movie that has a great message, and I love that they're deer hunting and the guy shoots his dad. But, because it reminds me of my house. Where I grew up. Mm-hmm. What other, I'm just going to throw it to you guys, what other Harold Ramis movies are your favorites? Like, I love Groundhog Day. You Groundhog guys. Day is a flawless film. As a director? As anything, like, that, that he's in. He uh, come on. Caddyshack. Ghostbusters. Caddyshack, Caddyshack right? Yeah. And Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Well, Ghostbusters. I mean, he didn't direct Stripes. that, but. But he was in it. Stripes. I mean, Did he direct as good as it gets? performance. Think he so. was in it, wasn't he? As good as it gets. Uh, what was he in? No, 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 no. He's not in that. What was I thinking? He, uh, Adam, what am I thinking? Uh, hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what that Knocked movie up. is. Knocked up. Brandon Doyle Murray's in As Good As It Gets. So he's uh, the custodian in Jack Nicholson's building in that one. Joel, I'm going to throw him up. You just hit him out of the park for me. <laughs> Joel, are there any Harold Ramis movies that you enjoy? Uh, I like them all except for the year one. I, you oh, know what? That, that was disappointing. It that was. was. He's was, right. Yeah. He's right. That looked like it was going to be T-ball for for Harold Ramis to knock it out of the park. And I don't know what went wrong with that movie. Yeah, but then I heard he got the writers from that to start working on a new Ghostbusters script. And that frightens me. Which was not too exciting news. that scared some of the other Ghostbusters. I would be frightened like crazy. Yeah. I'm a. I refuse to believe any Ghostbusters three rumor. I don't it, want it to happen. They're just—they're ridiculous. The rumors of that. It's if, like, if the movie. Well, those guys were good on The Office, the year one writers. So they, you know, they had—they yeah. had, had it going. I, I don't know. I, I agree with your brother. Unless it's awesome, why do it? It's got to be great, right? That's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. You know, as much as, of course, we all love the cast of Ghost. I mean, that that movie is a perfect comedy. Ghostbusters is a perfect comedy, and the sequel is fine enough. It's it's, it's not okay great, for, but hey, yeah. you know what? They all are it's giving a good song. They're all. It's, it's got, got good it's got a song that recaps the plot in the in the in the credits, <laughs> and that's always great. But you know, I think Ghostbusters is such sci-fi gold because I'm a fan of the cartoon. That's true. That that concept is such sci-fi gold. It's almost like not making a second star or a third Star Trek movie until you can you can have all the elements together. It's like no, you could make other Star Trek TV shows. I mean, I think we should just take that as a sci-fi concept and just go nuts with it and just you know. 
Not wait so for... you're saying no problem with making three. Let's make six. Well, if nobody wants to make the third one, yeah, then just like make a TV show Here's a or solution. you know something. Nobody wants to make the third one. Just go make the fourth one. There you, there you go. All right. As you ah, all you know, I'm, Problem solved. I'm a huge fan of, of listening to celebrities sing in the movies. So on at the end of birthdays, I have a little clip from our birthday boy, Harold Ramis, doing a little singing in one of my favorite movies ever, Stripes. Left, right, left. Head up, head up, head up, oh right, this is early rap. Exactly. <laughs> This is such yeah. a part of this is a lot scarier when it's Full Metal Jacket, but it's oh, yeah. tons of fun. <laughs> I like the little smile he gets on his face right before he starts singing. Oh, this is Warren Oates, man. She looked good. She looked fine. She looked fine. And I nearly lost my mind. Before I knew she was walking next to me, singing do a do. Then the Elmer Bernstein music kicks in. Oh, I love the score to this One of the movie. great uh, yeah, guys of all time with that. So, Although easy to confuse in 1941. That is another uh, <laughs> That's another uh, showcast, everybody. Yeah. yeah. We had that was a also, fun one. It's almost like we had two guests. We had Jill Murray and Brian Doyle Murray. Oh, that's Brian Doyle Murray reading well, and, off uh, the... Uh, and Bill stopped by. <laughs> he did stop by. <laughs> by the way, I was, I was in Stripes with Harold, and I was in... Uh, <laughs> Something with Owen Wilson. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Steve Zazu. <laughs> I, I liked your hat in that. Like, thank you. Yeah. Just, just read off Refrigerator Perry as Bill. <laughs> <laughs> William, the Refrigerator Perry. <laughs> uh, well, together we are the movie guys. Individually, we are. Follow us at the Movie Guys uh, Twitter and a Facebook, Facebook.com slash the Movie Guys, as well as YouTube, iTunes, iTunes SoundCloud, iTunes, iTunes whatever the fuck, as well. all that shit. Instagram. Thanks to Joel Murray. Yay, Joel Murray. Check out Joel Murray and Friends at the uh, IO West, another show coming yeah. up second Tuesday. Second Thursday. Everybody. Thursday, I'm Thursday. sorry. Second Thursday. Oh, good. Well, oh, we can go. We can actually go because we're not. It's true. December 12th. Well, that's good because Tuesdays we, we're often busy right, working Mitch on Ralph. things like. The Another friends Battle of like the Network sport. Hunger Games. That's yeah. Yo, you never know who's going to show up at the uh, Joel Murray and Friends yeah. show. At, at, Tony so. Randall. See, so <laughs> they have him in the back just for emergency. And thanks to uh, Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every hey, week. And remember, Steve. you can find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. Thanks for listening. Right